Life. That's the name of the sermon series that we are traveling through uh, again today. It's a great life. Um, today's topic is joy. We'll be in, in the Psalms again as we're looking at how Psalm, the several of the Psalms teach us that it is indeed a great life. So we'll be in Psalm 126 today. Psalm 126, if you'd like to turn there in your Bible or your Bible app or however it is that you access the Word of God. You know what? Life is emotional. The movie Inside Out came out in 2011. Do you remember that? Anybody remember Inside Out? It's a wonderful show about Riley, a little 11-year-old girl who relocates from the Midwest to San Francisco and goes through this whole variety of emotions when she arrives in her new home. She doesn't know anybody, and she's starting over as the new girl. Riley has five emotions in the movie, posing as friends, and each one is trying to control her life. The first is joy, and then sadness, and disgust, and then fear, and anger. These five tiny voices inside the head of of the 11-year-old girl leave her mind just spiraling out of control. At the beginning of the movie, it appears that each emotion believes its perspective is exactly what this little girl needs to listen to. But at the end of the movie, they come to the conclusion that life is full of a variety of emotions. And being able to balance them is the key to living a prosperous and successful life. Scripture has much to say to us about our emotions. And being able to balance them is the key um, to a successful life. It tells us, Scripture tells us, that if we aren't careful, sometimes we can get too low, and sometimes we can get too high. God wants us to balance Those feelings of anger and disgust and worry and joy. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we have to make sure we don't let the wrong voices drag us down. I'm not sure about you, but I don't want to be dragged down by the voices of anger and disgust and fear or sadness. What I need? I need more joy, more peace, and more love. This morning... I want to continue our series, It's a Great Life, by talking to you about the first of the five emotions mentioned in the movie, joy. Most of us here uh, on this live stream today would say, I would like to have more joy, or I'd like to be a bit more joyful. If that's the way you're feeling, um, you've come to the right place today. God wants you to be joyful. Throughout the Old and New Testament, the Bible speaks of joy. How we get it, how we maintain it, and how we live by it. And how it makes a difference in our lives. Today's passage of scripture will help us put our emotions in sync with God. God, Jesus (laughs) speaks about joy and In uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, Jesus said, I have told you these things 
So you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I love that because it, it's God's promise to us. It's God's intent for us. And it's God's challenge to us that our joy would be overflowingly abundant in our lives. That we would have joy even in the middle of extreme adversity. That we would have joy on Monday. And we would have joy on Friday. And we would be joyful people next month and next year. And it would be a practice, a discipline, and a focus of our lives. Let's read together Psalm 126. A song of ascents. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. So one of the best questions is, what exactly is joy? It can be hard to define. I have a couple definitions I'll give you. Here's one. Joy is a confidence that God is in control of the details of my life and that I trust Him. Another definition, joy is an inner spiritual delight. Short and sweet. Joy is an inner spiritual delight. Somebody said, joy is the emotion that is for the soul to be satisfied and the soul to be glad. I'd love for all of us to have a glad soul. Doesn't that sound good? It sounds awesome to me. A glad soul. In the New Testament, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, the Bible says, And we are writing these things so that your joy, so that our joy may be complete. John wrote this letter so people could have joy as they heard the good news about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the focus of joy. And John says, I want your joy to be complete. I don't want you to have just a little joy. I want it to be brimming over. I want you to have complete joy. Many people think joy is a passive emotion. It's something I, I can't control. Or joy kind of comes on me if these certain circumstances happen in my life. I believe that joy is different than just an emotion. Because joy is based on faith in God. And not on circumstances. Each of us ought to have like a joy-o-meter in our lives. Measuring the amount of joy we have. It's not a passive feeling. You can actually incite it into your life. If your life is focused on the right things, it will bring joy into your experience. Now, I didn't say you're not going to have some hardships. I didn't say things aren't going to be difficult. But if your focus is on the things we are going to talk about this morning, you can have 
a lot more joy in your life than you think you can. You can be a lot more joyful than you've been in the past. It's not just a passive emotion. You have to work at it. There are more things in the Christian life to work on than just this. As followers of Jesus Christ, we ought to practice spiritual disciplines. And there are many. Prayer, reading scripture, bringing friends to church. And let me add one more to the list. Joy. God wants you to be joyful. It is His will. When was the last time you said to yourself, I'm going to work on my joy today? Paul commanded in the book of Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. To be joyful is actually to be in sync with the things of God. Sometimes we think, well, that's not possible because I'm not a real bubbly person. Or sometimes we think that joyful people are like in this special category, born with a certain temperament. Um, They're outgoing and they smile all the time. They wake up at 5 a.m. ready to go, excited every morning and everything is great, right? Joy is not just a temperament. It's an inner spiritual delight, a focus in your life, and it's something that we must work on. You can have a melancholy personality and have the joy of the Lord. You can be a people person. You can be all over the place and be depressed. Joy is not being super spiritual, ignoring and living in denial of the world around you. That's not joy. It's been said that some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Maybe you've talked to somebody who quotes so many Bible verses, you can't even understand what they're talking about. They live in like this totally different universe. It may feel like they're out of touch with reality. That's not what joy is. Joy is not about being fake either. It's not about acting like everything's great when everything is not great. Joy is an inner spiritual delight. Many people are seeking happiness today instead of joy. Happiness is based on happenings. If X, Y, and Z happen, then I will feel good. But if these things don't happen, I will feel bad. Joy transcends happiness. It's something that happens in your spirit, not in uncontrollable circumstances. I can't control everything that happens to me. But I can work on what is in my spirit. Amen? So, joy is not being fake. It's not being super spiritual. It's not tied to certain personalities. It's something that God wants for every follower of Jesus Christ. The next question is, why should I be joyful? What if I want to be depressed? Look at what Scripture says to us today in Psalm 126, verse 3. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. The psalmist doesn't say the Lord has done great things for me. He says the Lord has done great things for us. Do you believe that today? God may not have done exactly what you wanted Him to do, and He may not have done all that you hope he would do. But he has done great things. And what God has done for you 
are a greater blessing to you than what you think you wanted. We can be and should be filled with joy. So, here's how we begin to build a joyful life. Keep in mind what God has done in your life. All God brought you through. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, what about your salvation? What about the moment you heard the good news and Holy Spirit opened your heart to the message of Jesus Christ? His grace and His mercy abounded in your life and you said yes to Him. Keep it in mind. I want my kids and grandkids to know what God has done in their lives. And I want to remember the, the highest victory parents can ever celebrate is to see their children come to faith in Jesus Christ. And what has God done in your life? Everybody's story is a little different. Celebrate what He's done. If God has redeemed you, He has saved you, and God has transformed you, you have reason to celebrate. There's joy in our salvation. There's joy when we reach spiritual milestones in our life. With certain things we do, our faith goes to a new level. Committing today to serve God. Speak to your family and friends about faith in Jesus Christ. Serve in the church. God is stretching your faith. If we listen to His call, and if we follow His direction... We have joy because our hope is in the fact that He is going to continue to do great things. We ought to be joyful. I'm convinced that there are two kinds of Christians. The glass is half empty Christians who only see their problems. And the glass is half full Christians. Christians whose glass is half full are the people who activate the joy in their lives. And the glass actually is not half full or half empty. No matter how we choose to see it, it's running over with God's blessings. There are spiritual milestones. God has put some people in your life who love Christ and pray with you and pray for you and encourage you, and that's a blessing. When you have friends like that, hang on to them. Don't let those folks go. God has put people in your life who love you, who challenge you, who inspire you, who bless you with the Word of God. Spiritual milestones. What about serving God? Many of us today really are serving God. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When the, when the joy of the Lord is in your life, you'll have a remarkable capacity to serve God. More than you ever thought was possible. You serve God with a holy tenacity that wouldn't be otherwise achievable. It's not about being fake. It's about being focused. I'm focused on what God has done. I'm focused on what God is doing. I'm focused on what God will continue to do. The Bible says, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. You're a work in progress and God isn't finished yet. God is still Sanding off the rough edges. He's still working in your life. What do I do when I am joyful? Psalm 126 begins 
When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. There are three expressions of joy in this passage that I just love. We dreamed, we laughed, and we sang. When you're joyful, that's what will happen in your life. You'll dream, you'll laugh, you'll celebrate. The context of this passage is important, and I want us to understand that today. In 587 B.C., the Israelites were carted off to Babylon by the evil king Nebuchadnezzar. He decimated the city of Jerusalem. He tore down the temple. He tore down the city. He humiliated the Jewish people. He took the sharpest and brightest and most educated young men and leaders of Jerusalem back to his homeland. If you read the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, you'll discover that its context is Nebuchadnezzar taking the Israelites to his homeland. So, now, in this psalm, 70 years later, after that occurred, the Israelites are back home. And that's why it says in verse 1, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. The people are celebrating, um, are the people who have been oppressed. The people who are rejoicing are the people who have been in bondage. The people who are celebrating were dragged away from their homeland into captivity and slavery, and now they're back, home, free. They're responding by dreaming and by singing and by celebrating what God has done in their life. When the joy of the Lord is in your life, you will dream a new dream. You don't have... A dream in your heart when you're just surviving and just getting by. Dreaming a new dream in your life comes from the joy of the Lord. The people said, we've been in captivity. We've been oppressed. We have a new dream. We've never been able to think like this before. Wow, this is amazing. I have a new perspective. You'd be joyful too, wouldn't you? If you've ever been oppressed and then you've been set free, you have more joy because you know what it's like to walk in bondage and then walk out of oppression. But if you were never oppressed in the first place, freedom doesn't seem to be that much. Now, the people are celebrating, they're singing. I believe singing is one of the most exciting expressions of joy. Have you ever felt so great inside you wanted to sing? Well, for me, that's every weekend when I attend church. I've never claimed to be like a talented vocalist, but I'm energetic. You can give me that. I enjoy celebrating. God is doing something in my life. I am feeling it when I sing. Has the joy of the Lord gripped you in a way that you feel like, I have to sing, I have a new dream, I have to celebrate it? And then it says... Our mouths were filled with laughter. Laughter is also a great sign of the joy of the Lord. Some of the funniest people I know are some of the most spirit-filled people I know. You might think if you're a dynamic Christian, you're somber and serious all the time. But when the joy of the Lord gets on you, you have to laugh. Laughter is like medicine. We need to laugh. We need to have fun at church. 
I hope that when you come to church, you laugh at least a little bit. I do, because it's good for your soul. The Bible says it. We should laugh. That's godliness. It's not silliness. If you think that's silly, you take yourself too seriously. We need to laugh a bit. It's a sign of joy. Laughter, singing, celebrating, all of that is going on. God has brought you back. You should be filled with joy and laughter. And for every person who's joined with us today, God has brought you back. If you're in Christ, you've been brought back. You were in exile, in sin. And God liberated you and brought you back into Jesus Christ. God set you free. Some of us have dealt with or are dealing with some kind type of addiction. But God is setting you free. And now, you have a new perspective. You walk in victory over addictions. You have the joy of the Lord in your life because you know how dark things used to be and how awesome things can be when you're in Christ. It's different. You have a new appreciation. Once you've walked in bondage, the walk in freedom looks a whole lot better, doesn't it? And how? How? How am I joyful? Some of us are going through hard times. It's funny doing a sermon series called It's a Great Life. Um, perhaps someone looked at our, at our screen this morning and thought, I'm not feeling that great about life. If you said you weren't feeling great and you, and you showed up anyway, you came with hope. How do we have the joy of the Lord when we're not feeling great about life? Well, the psalmist challenges us here because things don't have to be going great in your life for you to have joy some of us are in financial difficulty some are going through a breakup or or lost your job or you're just sad and it's difficult i know somebody who lost their spouse this morning you can have the joy of the lord in your life even when everything is falling apart because joy is about something in you and it's not based on circumstances or on what other people do. Look at what the psalmist says to us here in Psalm 126 in verses 4 through 6. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Reading this passage this week, I've been asking myself, what does that mean? One of my favorite Bible passages is Galatians. In Galatians chapter 6 in the New Testament, it says you will reap what you sow. But this passage seems to kind of say the opposite. It says if you sow with tears, you will reap joy. How does that work? What's going on here? If they weep as they go to plant their seed, and they sing when they return with the harvest, you plant with tears, but you harvest with shouts of joy. It's because tears are a precursor to joy. 
Tears will bring the harvest. Your tears will water the seeds of God's work in your life that will bring about joy. So today, you have joy in your marriage and it's going better than it has gone before because you remember what it was like to be conflicted with your spouse. You sowed in tears, but now you are harvesting the joy. When you agonize, when you struggle over something, that's the precursor to joy. God is getting you ready, so don't give up. If you've ever gone through a season in your life when you didn't have anything, and then a little bit later you had some things, you surely do appreciate your new situation. You sow, and those tears of struggle become the seeds that bring about joy in your life. Adversity brings perseverance. That's why in the New Testament, the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. God is developing perseverance in your life. Adversity is a part of life. You're not a weirdo just because you have some problems. Everybody who is joining in today has some problems. Some of us have big problems. Some of us have smaller ones. Some the problems are somewhere in between. Uh, but you have problems. We all do. God is going to use your problems to help you develop perseverance, which brings joy. A lot of people want everything to be perfect, to be laid out for them. But if, if that's the case, you'll never learn perseverance. You'll never learn discipline. You'll never sow those tears of anguish to reap a harvest of joy and righteousness. If you are a child who's had everything handed to them all the time, when you reach adulthood, guess what? You struggle a lot because you're used to everybody doing everything for you. I've had friends like that. Their friends gave them every single thing they needed or wanted, and it was all easy and smooth for them, and then they hit a problem, and it's like the world ended. The same can be true in our spiritual life. Our expectation sometimes is that God is going to make everything easy and rosy all the time and we're going to feel wonderful about everything. Then all of a sudden we run into a brick wall and we fall apart. We must understand that today when you are sowing those seeds they are watered by tears and this will bring about the harvest of joy in our lives. So Adversity brings a greater dependence on God. Adversity makes you appreciate what you have. If you were sick and now you're well, you have a new perspective. You're joyful. I remember what it was like before my back surgery. I was in miserable pain most of the time for years. But now that I've had surgery, I'm joyful with how much better I feel. And I'm reminded of how much I need God's strength. And I remember, look at what God has done. My back will never be like it was before it was injured, but God has given me joy in the midst of my circumstances. God will do the same for you. Because you're going to be brought closer to Christ. You don't have 
to be well, to have joy. You can be sick and still be joyful. Let the testing of your faith produce perseverance. And we choose the path of joy. When you're going through hard times, keep in mind that God is preparing you to experience more joy. It sounds like the opposite is true, but every battle has a purpose. And if you are struggling today, be joyful. If you won't take your eye off the ball, if you will not say, I'm just going to do my own thing, if you'll stay focused on God, God will do something awesome in your heart. It may not be exactly what you thought it was going to be, but it will be great. So, why don't we have joy today? Let's not forget. Let's remember God has done great things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You that that You are for us, that You love us, that we um, return with an abundant harvest because You love us and You're for us and You go before us and You prepare the way. We choose to focus on You. Um, We don't live by how we judge the circumstances of our lives. We choose to live by faith in Jesus Christ. We are born again. We are cleansed and forgiven and free. And we are filled with your spirit and your power to know and do your will in this life. And so joy indeed has come in the morning. And uh, joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us, and thank you for still being here. I want to share an announcement with you. Uh, 